BHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic, from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been around my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who Who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously, is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. Don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, we present a special Valentine's Day program with love stories and love songs from our own producer, Bree Harvey. KB Cabaret is brought to you by Aqualicious Water as well as the Valentine's messages that you, the listener, have submitted. Welcome to our time to KB Cabaret. Our crew at KB Cabaret is a romantic bunch. In commemoration of this love-filled holiday, some of us have prepared short stories on how we met our loved ones. Our first love story is by our own actress, Judy McMahon entitled, How I Met Jack McMahon. It can be said that I owe more than half of my life to one of our earliest American terrorists, none other than the firebrand abolitionist John Brown. How can that be? I'm not that old. John Brown died, condemned by hanging in a West Virginia courthouse in 1859. But I tell the truth. If John Brown had not become a legend in song and story, I... Judy Ebert McMahon, would not have fallen in love, married, had four children, lived in New York City, rural Pennsylvania, owned an inn, learned to play a guitar and a banjo, and now live in Parlor City. It all began when, as a graduate student at the Yale School of Drama in 1961, I was cast in a major production of John Brown's Body, singing in the chorus and understudying the female lead. The production was conceived and directed first on Broadway and two national tours by the great Charles Lawton. He took the epic Civil War poem by Stephen Vincent Benet and adapted it as a staged concert reading with a chorus Greek style furnishing music, songs, and sound effects. He got together a pretty good company. The story was to be told by three principals, Judith Anderson, Tyrone Power, and Raymond Massey. 
famous mostly for their movie appearances, but all seasoned stage actors as well. Sets were designed by Frank Lloyd Wright, costumes by Edith Head, and the choral music written by Walter Schumann and performed by the renowned Voices of Walter Schumann. So, back to Yale. The music was adapted in a simpler form that singers from the music school and us actors could manage. An alumnus saw it and was so taken with it, he financed a tour to Maryland, Washington, D.C., and we did an off-Broadway run in New York City that summer. Well, when we came to New York City, we had to bring in equity singers to fill out the union requirements for an off-Broadway run. We started rehearsals on McDougal Street in the village over a hippy-dippy club called the Café Wa. That's right, W-H-A. <laughs> As we met the new additions to the chorus, I found myself talking to a bespectacled fellow in the tenor section. As one usually does in a beginning conversation, I asked him where he had grown up. I was stunned to hear his answer. Not only was he from my hometown of Chicago, but belonged to the neighboring parish, church, and school, St. Genevieve's. As the days moved on, I found out more about Mr. Jack McMahon, a fine singer with that unmistakable Irish sound, a professional guitar player, a quick wit, and a curiosity about life that I shared. I began slowly to want to be in his company. He lived in a brownstone on 10th Street between 5th and 6th Streets, a prestigious neighborhood. Yes, I had fallen in love with this man, whom I thought to be the most charming and interesting I had ever met. So, John Brown, you old scallywag, I owe it all to you. Jack passed on in 2013. Rest in peace, Mr. Jack. And now, two men we found on the streets claiming they could do one-liners. Monty and Carrie. Hey, Monty, I asked my wife what she wanted for Valentine's Day, and she said she's been dreaming of a diamond necklace. So what did you do? I told her to dream that I bought one for her. Hey, Carrie, my girlfriend just broke up with me for medical reasons. Really? Medical reasons? Yeah, she said I'd make her sick. Hey, Monty, what do farmers give their wives on Valentine's Day? I don't know. Hogs and kisses. Our next story is by our own writer and actor, John Montgomery. The story is entitled, How We Met. I want to take you back to January 8, 1999. It was a Friday night and my friend Frank and I were headed to the Greek Peak Mountain Resort on the ski bus sponsored by the Parlor City Ski Club. We had three objectives in mind. Do some skiing, drink some beers, and find us some women. We were sitting on the bus ready to take off when the doors opened and a delightful young lady appeared who caught my attention immediately. She said hi, and I said, mm, 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 because I had a mouthful of pizza. That did not impress her, and she found a seat as far away from me as possible. I didn't see her again till after we were done skiing when Frank and I headed to the bar to try and fulfill our remaining two objectives. I took one look around the bar, and there she was, at a table by herself, looking lovely and lonely. 
I slyly sat down beside her and used one of my patented original pickup lines. Hey, baby, do you come here often? She said she liked me better when my mouth was full of pizza. Not the best of starts, but once the beer began to kick in, things became a little smoother, as they usually do. I got all the important information. Her name was Lynn, and she was beautiful, friendly, and single. My kind of girl. We were joined at the table by Frank and another woman from the ski bus named Bertha. Bertha Butts. She was one of the Butts sisters. Just then the DJ began the karaoke and Bertha got all excited. I'm going to go sing, she yelled and took off. Frank, Lynn, and I wisely hung back and got to know each other. It turned out that Frank and Lynn had some things in common, having gone to the same elementary school in the same church as children. They were getting very friendly, and this was not how I had imagined the evening's events transpiring. I realized I had to take control of the situation without further delay. So I said, Frank, let's go to the bar and get another round of drinks. Once we were out of earshot, I said, Frank, my friend, I've made an executive decision. Lynn is for me. Bertha Butts is for you. But I don't want Bertha Butts, Frank responded meekly. Nevertheless, tonight you will take one for the team. Thanks for being my friend. And that was how it played out. The next Friday night, it was raining, so they canceled the ski bus. The four of us made plans to meet for dinner, but Frank and Bertha didn't show up, having decided to forgo dinner for a night of karaoke and debauchery. That left Lynn and I alone together for what turned out to be our first date. Today, we have a son, a cat, a white squirrel living in the backyard, and a 15th wedding anniversary coming up. Lynn still accuses me of plotting with Frank so he wouldn't show up at our first date. Luckily for me, Frank is a good friend and has kept his mouth shut all these years. And after all, he owes me big time for letting him have Bertha Butts. Brought to you by Aqualicious, the gently used signature water you can proudly call your own. Water is becoming a rare commodity. Our water supply diminishes every year. In Los Angeles alone, water has decreased by 63 trillion gallons of groundwater. What do we do? Oh, what do we do? Well, Aqualicious has come up with a gently used signature water you can proudly call your own. This is great water, Tim. What do you call it? I call it the Tim water, Alice. And because you went upstairs, you now have your own Alice water, too. Yes, that's right. Why flush out when you can filter in? Aqualicious has its own patented Peebo to instantaneously recycle and filter your urine, making each and every glass a signature of delight. Ah, oh, wow. This is the cleanest water I've ever tasted, Alice. I know, Debbie. I know. Aqualicious, try yours today. Available at all good aids and welcomes. KB Cabaret is also sponsored by you, our listeners, and the love messages that you sent to one another this week for Valentine's Day. Stay tuned for those messages later on in the show. This love story does not seem to be just my own. I am sharing it with other people. This is a story of freight, or the equivalent to wheels in motion, called 
How a credit card changed lives. So how did you meet? You two look so cute together. We met through a credit card. Really? Really. So what do you think, Ma? If I did some work in the yard, I'd say go get a checkup. Huh? I don't think in the twenty-two years that you've been on Earth have you ever wanted to work in the yard. I know, but I had this urge to plant a geranium or something. Well, I don't care. The backyard could use some work. Knock yourself out. So I changed into some work clothes, rolled up my sleeves, and started hauling rocks. Hey, Cuz, you think maybe you can help me with the wheelbarrow? Huh? If you're not too busy watching TV, could you help me by pushing the wheelbarrow to the curb? And throw these rocks into the bin that I placed for the truck to pick up. I guess in a minute. Good, thanks. Of course, it never happened. Two hours went by, and I pulled the weeds and placed them into the bags, and hauled the rocks and dumped them into the bin. And my cousin Pete was still sitting on his behind, watching TV inside the house. My cousin was a piece of work. I had to get rid of him. He'd been living in our house for three years, just until he got a place of his own. He said, "Well, I didn't hear of a housing shortage in our area. That's for sure." Gee, thanks. For what? Exactly. You said over two hours ago you'd be out in a minute. No, I didn't. Yes, you. Oh, never mind. Ma, in here. Okay. We have to get rid of him. Want me to throw him out on the curb too? What nonsense are you talking about now? Never mind. I deweeded and derocked the yard. Now I have to go and prepare the beds and get some flowers. Amazing what you can do when you put your mind to it. Where should I get the plants? I don't know. Here's my card. Get what you need. So I took the card and went flower shopping. I chose the most economical place I could find in the coupon exchange cutout flyer, Kmart. The blonde young girl who worked there was very helpful. She knew a lot about dirt, dirt with sand, dirt with clay, dirt with silt, additives like peat moss, perlite, bone meal, blood meal, you, limestone, and topsoil. Then we chose the simplest flower in the world to grow, impatience. I guess I identified with the name because that's how I felt by the time we went through every soil and additive. That will be two hundred and thirty-nine dollars and forty-eight cents. I gave her Ma's card. Oh, you're Hungarian? Yes. How did you know? The name on the card. My mother's name is Sarah in Hungarian. Only someone who knows the language would recognize it. That means you're Hungarian. Yes, my family just moved from Pennsylvania to Parley City a few months ago. I looked into the girl's big green eyes and thought of Cuz. Say, would you be interested in a blind date with my cousin? You two would be great together. I wasn't lying. There was something about her that made me think match made in heaven. Well, technically Kmart's blue light special, but whatever. You know what I mean. Much to my surprise, she wrote down her number on the back of my receipt without even batting an eye. Hey, Cuz, I found you a wife. You can move out now. What's the catch? No catch. She's perfect for you. 
I'm planning on an invite for your wedding. I did not know how right I was. Six months later, they were engaged. I was to be one of the witnesses at the civil ceremony. We slowly met her family. They seemed more dysfunctional than mine. <laughs> and that's saying a lot. Her mother was sweet, quiet, and unassuming. She smiled, but didn't say much. Didn't even speak English. Her sister was always laughing, but no one was sure what she was laughing about. Then we met her brother. He was very shy, but interested in the outside world. Seemed he was isolated. The wedding ceremony took place, and my cousin finally moved out. And what about the brother? Well, we became cousins through marriage, then friends. And? And, well, a little over a year, we married. I knew it. And it was all due to a credit card. That's right. And my instinct to plant the seeds for my future happiness. Hey, Carrie, what did the painter say to his girlfriend on Valentine's Day? I give up. I love you with all my art. Hey, Monty, what's the difference between you and a calendar? Beats me. A calendar has a date on Valentine's Day. Hey, Carrie, what is the true purpose of Valentine's Day? To remind single people they are single? Not all love stories have a happy ending, especially if you are warned 100 times, don't listen, and still make the same wrong decisions over and over and over again. What can you do with a friend like that? Well, you can stand back, cross your arms, and shake your head. You are invited to shake your head with us and listen to another saga of Clueless Berry. Hello? What? Are you serious? Okay, okay. I'll be right down. What's going on, honey? It's two in the morning. It's Barry. He just called me from jail. Why am I not surprised? Just drive safe, dear. Thanks for bailing me out, Davis. Sure. I'm glad you suggested this diner. I need to get something into my stomach. Hmm, Barry, what happened? Well... Marilyn called the cops on me. Yes, I get that much, but why? That's what I don't get. Really? And why is that? Well, we were having such a good time. What do you mean, having such a good time? I thought you broke up after the trip. Yeah, we did, but we made up. I see that. Yeah, I know. Well, after she broke up with me, she did take a restraining order out, telling me she never wanted to see me again. And you broke the order? No. Then I took out a restraining order on her, because she broke my car window trying to take out one of her favorite CDs. Aha. Uh-huh. Then she asked me out to dinner the following day. That makes sense. She was so sweet over the phone, you know, texting me to drop charges and to go out and get a nice steak at Shroom's. 
Do they have nice steak? And it's relatively well-priced. True. Did you order the... Wait, wait. You know I'm starting to lose it. Like you. What do you mean? I mean, you don't take out the person you have a restraining order on. We were engaged. I know. In a drunken state, she threw the wedding ring back in your face. The only normal thing she did so far. You think? I was thinking of giving back the ring to her and we could start over fresh. Hello? I just bailed you out from jail. I know, that's so confusing. We were doing so good at the restaurant. Well, something must have happened. Well, it's when she came back from the ladies and ordered another bottle of wine. I thought you don't drink. I don't. I forgot how much wine costs, especially three bottles. No, she drank three bottles? She can hold her liquor, but she was acting strange after she came out of the ladies. Maybe she was on something more than alcohol by then. I don't know, maybe, but she just got off the phone with her cousin. She was angry with him. The cousin you met at the lake? Yeah. The one who shared her room and not you? Yeah. They seem very close. Yeah. So I'll play. What did he make her mad for? He couldn't come over to her place after dinner. After the nice romantic dinner you and Marilyn were having? Yeah. And this doesn't make you suspicious? What do you mean? No, they're close and he's depressed. She's just helping him out. (laughs) There's no helping you, is there? She was real flirty with me by the time I took her home. She said I could come upstairs. And? She changed her mind at the last minute. I don't get it. Look, Barry, just cut to the chase. How did you end up in jail? She texted me when I got home. She called me all sorts of nasty names. Why? She said I broke the lock on the door trying to get in her apartment. Did you? No, I don't think so. A few minutes later, the police were arresting me. Wow. I really don't know what to say. I know, right? It was such a romantic evening up to then. Wait, I know what to say. Yeah, great. What? You're an idiot for going out with this woman. (laughs) No, really, Davis. What is it you were going to say? Oh, my God. Forget it. You'll never get it, Barry. You'll never get it. Come on, I'll take you home. Thanks. Hey, do you think you could swing by Marilyn's apartment afterwards? She left her takeout box in my car. Barry. Okay, okay, never mind. Jeez, you ask a guy a favor. Will Barry forget about the takeout box? Will Barry remember the restraining order? Or will Barry give back the engagement ring to Marilyn so she can hock it and go on vacation with her dear close cousin? Stay tuned next time on Clueless Barry. when things go right, things go wrong. But that's the story of my life. Can't make these things up even if I tried. I can only stand back and write comedy. Here's a story that I didn't make up on my wedding day. Doesn't she look beautiful? I think she looks nervous. Well, all brides do, honey. After all, they are the belle of the ball. The groom looks calm. He sure is, and a great socializer. It's nice to see them together, after all they've been through. I know. This is their second marriage, isn't it? Yes, to each other. It is very romantic. Can't be apart, remarry. Doesn't happen every day. No, it doesn't. 
Maybe that's why she looks so nervous. Maybe. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! Don't worry, she'll be here at any moment. She was supposed to be here 15 minutes ago. Well, did you try calling her? Call, text, and email. No answer. I'm sure that she'll be here. She has been justice of the peace of this town for 20 years. I have a bad feeling about this. Honey, what's wrong? I have a bad feeling about this. What? You're having second thoughts? No, honey, it's not that. Don't you think it's rather strange that the justice of the peace isn't here yet? I don't know. What time was she supposed to arrive? Almost half an hour ago. What, did you try to call her? Yes, she's not answering. Then text her. I did. Email? Yes, nothing. Well, just wait. Wait? Wait? There are over a hundred people here. Are you telling me to wait? Is everything all right? Everything is fine. No! The Justice of the Peace is a no-show. Okay, okay, you tried calling. And texting, emailing, yes. No problem. I'm going to make this marriage happen. J-P-A-S-A-P. Hmm, we've got some here. Do you have the license? Yes. Right. I got this making some calls. Honey, you're crying. I don't. I can't help it. Everything will be okay. Just breathe. Try to breathe, I can't. Is everything okay? I don't know. I think my fiancé is hysterical. I can't breathe. Let me get a bag. Here. She's upset that the Justice of the Peace is not here yet. No show! Well, I happen to have a priest sitting at the bar inside. He's a regular. Would it help if I asked him to perform your ceremony? Really? Are you serious? Okay, hold on. I'll be right back. Did she say she has a priest at the bar? Yes. Did she say the priest was a regular? Yes. Wow. I wonder if he's sitting next to a rabbi. What? Never mind. Okay, I got one. Found one under the title Justice of the Peace in 30 seconds. He has a ceremony to finish, but he can be here in an hour. Oh, thanks. But I think we have one. He's a regular at the bar. Huh? Well, you see, there's this priest at the bar. And he's sitting next to a rabbi? <laughs> what are you two laughing about? This is not funny. Okay, he'll do it. I would like you to meet Father Rourke. Hi. Hey, Hi, hello. nice to meet you. So you're both Catholic? No, but my fiancé is. Been baptized? Yes. Love each other? Yes. yes. Good. So let's get this show on the road. Say, do you mind that I'm in my shorts and flip-flops? Uh, I really wasn't prepared to do a wedding. You're perfect. Are you sure? I can go back to the parish and change. It's only a few miles away. No! Stay here. I don't want to lose you. Do you have your vows? Oh, my God! She was supposed to bring the printout. I have it on my cell. I'll download it on the restaurant's computer. Thank you so much. 
Let's get you to the altar. What do you think is going on? I heard the justice of the peace didn't show. Well, who's the man in the Hawaiian shirt and the flip-flops? I think he's the priest they found at the bar. Say that again? Well, there's this priest who's a regular at the bar. And he sits next to the rabbi? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about time to get this shindig going. I'm starving. And so, after a long and nerve-wrenching day, the bride and the groom finally get remarried. Oh, did I tell you this was a true story? Some things you just can't make up. Someone's gonna come home with me. Someone's gonna be The first song selection is something I heard one of my friends say. I truly believe most people want a partner. I think that's great. Just make sure you don't say, I do, the next day. This song is dedicated to my friend. You know who you are. It's called, Gonna Find a Man Tonight. Someone's gonna come home with me. Someone's gonna be mine. Someone's gonna come home with me. And I'm just gonna be fine. So lonely do I feel. So lonely. Love songs come in different shapes and forms. This next song is a love song I wrote to my first cousin, whom I loved and still love very much. You will always be in our hearts. This is a song I wish I would not have been inspired to write. It's called, Why Didn't You Say? Oh, my. 
to call you You haven't been around Miss you so much You're making me sad I miss you, my darling You're making me mad The moments I feel You're right next to me The moments I find your place And clearly I see Where are you, my darling? You're the One is one of the first songs I had ever written. Until the jingles for my show, I had no idea I had any talent for music writing. I guess when I listen to my heart, I hear music. I sang You're the One to my husband on our wedding day in June of 2015. There were times I died from a broken heart When I thought we'd never be What I knew was true in my days of past Was pulled out from under me I was hurt and torn for 
for I knew you were the one and part of me. But your strength prevailed all the deadly signs, and he stand with me. You're the one who's meant for me. You're the one I love. Through your strength you lifted me. Through your heart you made me see. Now entwined our souls can be together, you and me. We are friends and always be, never to depart. Though we thought our world had gone, though we thought our life was done, you and I have carried on through love, our hearts are one. This pair we went our separate ways, through the darkness we were thrown, never knowing if we would be the same to our fate of the unknown. But now here we are as our hearts are one, through the ways earth rise ashore. We're together now, walking hand in hand, knowing now we're not alone. You're the one who's meant for me, you're the one I love. Through your strength you lifted me, through your heart you made me see. Now entwined our souls can be together, you and me. I asked my mother to come on air and tell her love story. How did she meet my father? When did they know they were meant for each other? After all, it is a love story to be told. They were, believe it or not, happily married for 63 years. I rarely heard them fight. No, let me restate that. I never heard them fight, just occasionally disagree. So when I asked my mother to tell her love story on air, at first she was reluctant. She said it would be painful for her since my father passed away last year. But then she reconsidered. The memory of their love story should be shared and kept alive. I could not agree more. My parents' love story started 84 years ago. Our love story started 84 years ago when I was two. Your father was one. We were second cousins and were being taken out to the park in our carriages, my mother pushing my carriage and your father Jimmy's mother pushing his. The park was lovely. It was called Roja Park in Budapest, Hungary, because thousands of roses grew there in different beautiful varieties. <laughs> well, anyway, your father had just learned to walk a few months prior, and I, being the good cousin, took him to play in the sandbox. On our way, I saw multitudes of cigarette butts laying on the ground, just waiting to be picked up. I told Jimmy to pick each one up and eat them. Pretty cruel, I know, but I thought it was funny. 
He followed my orders even back then. <laughs> and like a good boy, he ate several. <laughs> that is until our mothers noticed. I can't remember who noticed first. However, I do know that was the end of our playtime together. Faint intervened several times in the early years. My mother and father were musicians and toured Europe. Their home base was Italy, out of convenience. So until the Second World War in 39, your father and I did not see each other. But because of the war, citizens of Hungary were mandated to move back. I saw your father, Jimmy, once again. We met at one of the relatives' homes. I, nine years of age, with my deep Italian ten, big brown eyes and pigtails, and your father, handsome and serious, even then, we were drawn to one another right away. My cousin Eva noticed, and when we all played dress-up in her parents' clothes, she pretended she was a priest and, and married your father and I in front of a floor-length dresser mirror. The next memory I have of your father was when I was sixteen. It was the end of the war, and still a year later I was fully depressed. My life for six years consisted of air raids and hiding. My small family was comparatively fortunate. Most of us survived. Some of us did not. Life was torn. My grandfather was concerned for my mental well-being, so he suggested we go visit my cousins. The dynamic four. <laughs> Jimmy was the oldest of the four brothers. They were a whirlwind of economic productivity. The parents set up half a dozen sewing machines in their kitchen. <laughs> Mind you, this was a small studio-sized apartment. The boys, ranging from nine to fifteen, were speeding away, pushing the pedals, along with two more seamstresses. Boxes all over to be packaged or ready for shipping. Did I say loud? I never heard such high, dense activity. What were they making, Mom? <laughs> Why, they were producing suspenders. Hundreds and hundreds of them. Well, to get back to my story, your father once again made my heart melt. He looked at me with those big, serious, hazel blue eyes. I was smitten. Apparently, he was smitten with me as well. We delivered messages in code back and forth through my grandfather. I developed the secret code, you see, so no one could read our sweet-talking notes. We became engaged before I turned 19 and married a year and a half later. So it goes. 
I never loved anyone before your father and never will love anyone like that again. Our love was one in a million. And there you have it, my parents' love story. I'm glad she shared it. Did you hear that scientists have discovered a food that diminishes a woman's sex drive by 90%? No, what is it? Wedding cake. Hey, Carrie, I can't wait for Valentine's Day to come so I can make cupcakes for that special someone in my life. And who would that be? Me. Hey, Monty, I know a woman who said she wants you to be her Valentine. Is she pretty? No, she's desperate. Next up on KB Cabaret, we close out our program with the special Valentine's Day messages as submitted by you, the listeners, and read by Bree Harvey. To my darling teddy bear, Sam, love is sweet and wonderful. Love is like the sea breeze and the sea. Love is having a wonderful time together, and love is like a soft feather. Your sweet darling, Isabel, happy Valentine's Day. Alexis, down on the acres, relaxed with no fuss. Your sons, Anthony, Nicholas, and Davis, the whole group of us. To Betty Lou, how I love you, let me count the ways. Louis, Nicholas, David, Alexander, love, all of us. Tyler, love is everywhere in here when you're with me, is there when we're apart, and just because we are one, love is everywhere. Happy Valentine's Day, Sarah. Natalie, I'm so lucky to have such a warm, compassionate, and loving mother. There are riches and blessings coming from you. Heaven to be showered upon you and all our love, Chloe and Anna. Mom and Dad, a very happy Valentine's Day. Love and happiness always. Love from your daughters, Caroline and Mary and Susan, Gloria and Carrie. Valerie, although we are apart, there's always love for you in my heart. Love you, Daddy. To my husband, David, on Valentine's Day, you have made me so happy and love you so much. Your wife, Suzanne B. My deepest love to my Valentine, my husband, Marty, and my sons, George, Sam, Andrew, Reuben, and Rose. 
Morgan and Julia, we miss you and still love you very much. Happy Valentine's Day, Mom, Dad, and Sarah. Happy Valentine's Day, Jimmy. We love you, Becky and Sam. To Tom, with all our love, first Valentine's Day, your wife, Debbie. To Mom and Dad, with love and thanks, Logan and Justin. To Richard, just to say we love you and need you for all times, your wife and son. Destiny, happy Valentine's Day and love, Jerry and Rachel. Bob, to a wonderful husband, please be mine forever. I love you. I love you, Megan. Alan, darling, most of all, I'm your love, how you love me. I know you do. Thank you for filling the void with your love. Happy Valentine Day, Susan. Larry and Mary, if we have not met, we would not have known how much love means. Louie, I love you very, very much. Ella. Happy Valentine's Day to my breadwinner. Love, Caitlin. Debbie F. Happy Valentine's Day to the prettiest, red-haired, brown-eyed girl in the world. I love you, John D. Savannah and Sydney, happy Valentine's Day. Love always, your children, Bob and Ella. Cheryl, my dear, I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Love always, yours, Ted. See, babe, I love you. I adore you, need you, and I want you to be mine forever. Your sugar cup. Darling, it wasn't for Monty. We wouldn't be together. Love, Jennifer. Hope your day is as wonderful as you are. Love, Morgan. Happy anniversary, John. Thank you for 22 wonderful years. Always yours, Mary. To Tom, who has given me so many lovely moments in life, I love you lots. Elsa. To Choo Choo, you're the one and only special person whom I love and care for. Happy Valentine's Day, Maria. Happy Valentine's Day to Harry with love from Cameron Hunter Ella. Bobby, silly wasn't it, but I still love you, Jen. Brown Sugar, you're terrific, wonderful woman. I love you forever, CHJ. Terry, hope for many, many more years. Love ya, Mike. Happy Valentine's Day to my loved ones, Patsy, Chaka Chu, Richard, especially to my wife, Baby Doll. Love you, your Baby Doll Senior. Happy 18th birthday, Mary, and many, many more. Love mom, dad, John, and Dan. To my dearest wife, Anne, roses are red, violets are blue. That's why I love you true, your husband, Anthony. Laura, I love you for all seasons. I love you for so many reasons. I love you forever. Happy Valentine's Day, your sweet love, Gil. To my husband, Happy Valentine's Day, Harry. Here's loving you for many, many more years to come. Love always, your wife, Sophie. Darling, thank you for the most wonderful years of my life. I love you more today than yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow. Happy Valentine's Day, Margaret. Bob, I'll stop loving you when New Hampshire stops having snowy winters. Maybe. Schnookums. 
Merry, happy Valentine's Day. We are proud to be called your girls, for you are the best friend and mom anyone could have. Mr. Cuddly Poo, it's easy to smile when your ship comes in and your friends all love you a lot. But the man who is brave is the man who can smile when their hair goes thin on top. Happy Valentine's Day, Emily. And that's what we have for Valentine's for this week. Stay tuned for next week to continue the rest of the Valentine's Day love messages. Well, folks, that's all for this week's show. However, our Valentine's week is not done yet. We are spilling over the love into next week's show as well. So stay tuned. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega, my musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up with our climbing number of over 14,000 listeners that we are generating live on this show, our podcast, and on iTunes. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. to have you and share our policy come back again now to kb cabaret